0: Once again, I am somehow involved in another podcast and crossover this month. I guess October is Podcast Crossover Month for me. Go figure. Anyway, this time we are covering the Mephisto Verse miniseries from 1987. It was a four-issue miniseries in which Mephisto took on, in order, The Fantastic Four, X-Factor, The X-Men, and The Avengers. On this episode, we are covering issue three, Mephisto vs. The X-Men. If you'd like to hear what happened in issues one and two... Go to the show notes, go click on for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack to hear what happened in issue one, then go to Secret Wars and Beyond to listen to what happened in issue two, which by the way, I'm guest starring on, issue three is right here, and then Marrow of Comics for issue four. They should all be out already because we are all releasing our episodes on Halloween. If you decide you just want to listen to this episode... That's okay. I understand. However, if you feel like you're missing something, you probably are. What the? Mephisto? In my house? Aw, man, you're tracking dirt all over the carpet. Correct, Worm. The Lord of the Infernal Realm is above such petty concerns as social graces. But what are you doing here? Your trials, starting with the Secret Wars and
1: More podcast, are just beginning. I am here to interfere with the content of your podcast. <laughs> oh,
0: man.
1: Behold!
0: Is that a giant Mylar bag? And you got people in it? What the? Is that John and Maggie from Meredith Comics? Oh, that, that's just rude carrying around in a bag. Let them out.
1: Oh. Hey all, what's up? Run
2: with us. We are free. Ah. <laughs> oh. Uh
1: okay, so you're singing now?
2: Mm-hmm. It was a long trip from Wisconsin.
1: Some people sing 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall. Maggie sings Lisa Lafayette. Thanks for getting us out of there. Mephisto, what's going on here? Today, you are compelled to review a comic for my amusement.
0: Uh, Okay, that doesn't sound that bad.
1: That comic being... Mephisto vs. the X-Men! You, okay, you tried me to serve three. It's completely That's unreasonable. A, is, come on, number three, that issue. I am not going to read that. can awful. Oh, you son of a... Cease your pointless complaints. You will review the issue or suffer the consequences. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And as you heard from the opening part before the music, uh, we're not doing Adam Warlock again. I got trapped in another crossover. Damn these satanic deals. They get worse each time. So we're going to be covering Mephisto versus the X-Men, issue three. Well, technically it's just Mephisto verse number three. But anyway, when I say we, I don't just mean I'm crazy. I mean, I have guests, as you heard in the beginning. Hello, John and Maggie.
2: Hello. Hello.
1: How you guys doing? Well, considering the circumstances, we're pretty great.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. adjusting to life as a werewolf is a little traumatizing. Yeah, and oh, yeah. then you're stuck in a bag. And then, yeah, and then we were shoved in a bag.
0: Or anyone were just confused... A- about the werewolf thing. Go listen to a gal walks into a comic shop. Uh, I don't know what episode, but it'll be in the show notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but when now we're here and we get, it's, it's nice to finally meet you and we've wanted to work together for a while. It's too bad. It has to be on this piece. Well, let's just wait. Yeah,
2: <laughs> now, Not under before, the best of circumstances.
0: Sorry. Before we get too far in, this is issue three of this. So if anyone actually wants to torture themselves and listen to one and two, And I don't know the episode numbers yet, but it will be in the show notes. Go listen to, for part one, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, and part two, The Secret Wars
1: and Beyond. And, by the way, I'm on The Secret Wars and
0: Beyond, so go please listen.
1: And after this, if you're still listening, uh, I'd recommend you hop over to our podcast, Married with Comics, to hear us tackle issue four with Rick from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack.
0: And that also explains, in case anyone doesn't know, what you guys are from. So that's very easy. That's convenient. I like that. Hi. We aim to serve.
2: <laughs> we provide a service to our <laughs> listeners, all yes. 10 of them.
1: Yes. And to all more of Al's listeners. Yeah. All 20. <laughs> <laughs> Between the two of us. Yeah. We have.
2: That's like
3: a, a
1: small room. Yeah. Yeah,
0: small,
3: yeah.
2: A small room.
0: <laughs> all right. So like we said, this is Mephisto versus the X-Men. So this is from the Mephisto miniseries from 1987. Uh, quick Very, very, very quick recap from the first two. Basically, Mephisto decides he wants to get souls, uh, steals Susan Richards' soul, and uses that somehow when he goes against the Fantastic Four in issue one, and somehow uses that as a reason to get Jean Grey's soul in issue two, where he goes against X-Factor, and now with issue three, where he goes against the X-Men. So, Mephisto, Marvel's Satan, pretty much. He's the most Satan-y, I guess, of all their Satan-type characters. What do you guys know about Mephisto before this? Like, how up are we, on? how up are you guys on this character?
2: This was a brand new experience for me on, actually, on two levels. I've never read a Mephisto comic, and I've never read an X-Men comic. (laughs) This was not
1: probably the best to start with for either thing. We were the best people to have on (laughs) podcast to cover this. (laughs) With someone who primarily covers a Thanos. (laughs) Well, Mephisto is Thanos adjacent, so it's sort of tangible.
2: He's Thanos compatible.
1: I'm very, um... Very, very familiar with Mephisto. I've been, I think I first encountered him back in the day uh, in West Coast Avengers in- involving Master Pandemonium in one of the delightfully dumbest stories that I've remembered.
0: Uh, yeah, well, anything Master Pandemonium is kind of crazy. I mean, he is like demons for arms.
1: Right. And because Mephisto got his soul and decided he was bored with just having it, and so he decided to be creative with his. Yeah. And also, around that same time, there was a Secret Wars 2 crossover and Amazing Spider-Man. I don't remember the number offhand, but Mephisto and the Beyonder basically played Job with Peter and put him through hell, literally and figuratively, To, and it's a really great story. It's probably my favorite Spider-Man story.
2: Isn't that what everyone does with Spider-Man?
1: You know, he basically is Job. Yeah.
2: That's a good point. That's a good analogy. He really
1: kind of is. Yeah, except he puts himself in it, though. He He's Job by choice. Right? But in this case, Mephisto is literally messing with his life
3: mm-hmm. like
1: God messes with Job's life. Right. And he trying to get him to lose faith as part of a, a bet.
2: But in Spider-Man's case, it would be trying to lose faith in himself.
1: Right. Yeah. By the way, I
0: just found out the other day, yeah. we are one month past the 40th anniversary of Mephisto's first appearance. Silver Surfer number three, cover date December 68, so it came out in September, according huh. to the information I've listened to.
1: That's huh. right. I forgot. I couldn't remember if he debuted in Doctor Strange or Silver Surfer. And I, I know the Silver Surfer one well. I like that that series a lot. But yeah,
0: he he is originally a Surfer, a surfer villain. Mm-hmm. But like I said, he's the most Satan out of Marvel Satan characters, which they have a bunch.
1: Agreed. He even manages to stand in for Daredevil or to, you know, why couldn't we have covered the Mephisto versus Daredevil? Yeah, that's when I four want to part read, issues. For sure. Cause, cause,
2: <laughs> a blind Catholic man in hell? Heck yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so we know about Mephisto. So Maggie, you said you don't know. This is your first Mephisto and X-Men. Yes.
3: Sorry. Very sorry. Playing in
2: the video game. I did. I did defeat him in Ultimate Alliance. Yes. I, I did encounter Mephisto then. Uh that's the extent of it. And, and I don't think he'd be very fond of me <laughs> because I, I beat him. Yeah, <laughs> I he gets
0: that. a little cranky.
2: Very yeah, childish. he doesn't like to lose. He's a little whiner. He is he's, he's
0: on here. He left, right? Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, he's a whiner. And so X-Men, have you—now, do you know—is this, this comic X-Men you all don't know, or do you not know X-Men at all, like cartoons, movies?
2: No, I'm sure somehow through social osmosis, I know of the X-Men. I know who they are, and I knew what their power set was, I, which actually made it a little confusing with Rogue in the series, because I knew that that wasn't quite how her powers worked, but I wasn't sure if I was just missing out on something. And apparently—we'll get to that later— okay. Um but yeah, no, I there's some I don't recognize. So I was it, it, I don't know. I was open to reading an X-Men story. I'm it's unfortunate that it was this one, but that's OK. All I right. don't hold it against the X-Men.
1: Well, that's good because you should. Yeah. No. And Sean, what about you? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the X-Men. They've never been my favorite group. I wasn't reading when I was a, a kid collecting. I got into X-Factor. And at the same time was also reading classic X-Men, which were reprinting the Chris Claremont run. So that was where my sweet spot was, right up to about... Uh, dark phoenix uh, dark phoenix saga and days of future past god loves man kills those are some of the greatest in the you know and the Hellfire yes. club battles those are some of the greatest stories Marvel comics has ever done or any comics have ever done i got i didn't really follow them that closely and then in the 90s it was almost impossible to try to get into them because there were so many comics and the and the plots had begun, become so convoluted by that point that I went. I decided to go with other comics. I've since gone back and I read pretty much all of Chris Claremont's run. I'm familiar with this era that they're depicting here, even if I wasn't reading it at the time. But I know who I know who all of these are. This is one of my um, favorite X Men lineups.
0: Yeah, this is the lineup with a few more people when I started because I started reading about. A year later from this. So issue 227, okay. which is the last fall of the mutant story. So it's this team plus Colossus and uh,
1: who was else? Kitty was there? No. Was no. Kitty there? No, Kitty was an Excalibur. Havoc. Um, Havoc. Yes. And Madeline. And I think there was somebody else.
0: No, no, that was it then. There was nine of them. And there's, I forgot about Rogue. I'm counting the five in the back. I forgot about Rogue in the front. <laughs>
1: yes, there she is. Or Rogue.
0: So that's where we are at the X-Men. So we're going to pause for a moment so we can put in the synopsis here so everyone knows what the hell, literally, is going on. And then we'll be back after that and probably, yeah. And I'll probably put a promo in too for one of the shows that are involved in this crossover. And then we'll come back to talk about the issue. Verse the X-Men. Written and inked by Al Milgram. Pencils, John Buscema. Colored by George Rousseau. Lettered by Rick Parker. Editor, Ralph Macchio. Cover art, John Buscema. Cover dated June, 1987, with an on-sale date of March 3rd, 1987. Original cover price, $1.50. In Hell, or whatever Hell-like dimension that Mephisto rules, a couple of demons are busy torturing Jean Grey, until Mephisto realizes what they are up to and disintegrates them. He explains to her that the demons are used to dealing with souls, which are more resilient. However, Jean is not a soul, but is there in flesh and blood. See, I told you to listen to the other episodes first. Jean says she feels like some sort of collector's item, and to prove that point, he has her taken away and put in Mystic Mylar for safekeeping. Double-bagged. Meanwhile, a few of his loyal demons come to warn Mephisto of danger at the outskirts of his realm. It is crumbling away to nothingness. Concerned, Mephisto feels a greater need to continue with his scheme involving the superheroes in order to deal with this issue. He watches as the Fantastic Four contact X-Factor to thank them for freeing the Invisible Woman, but Cyclops tells them they are only able to do that at the cost of Marvel Girl, aka Jean Grey, becoming Mephisto's prisoner instead. Reed thinks, thanks to yet another idea Mephisto has put in his head, that Mephisto is ultimately trying to capture the soul of a god, and the two team leaders go over the list of gods that are members of superhero teams, including Thor, Hercules, Snowbird, and Storm. Cyclops mentions that X-Factor doesn't have any relationships with any of these teams, even the X-Men, and Reed Richards agrees to contact them all. Now, considering that this issue is called Mephisto vs. the X-Men, we don't see him contact the Avengers or off Alpha Flight. We just go right to the X-Mansion in upstate New York, where Wolverine receives the call. After having a think and randomly threatening Rogue, he calls in the rest of the team, Storm, Psylocke, Dazzler, and Longshot, to fill them in. The X-Men decide to be proactive and have Psylocke try and telepathically contact Mephisto, linking in Longshot for luck. However, the luck is all bad, as Mephisto turns the search back on the entire team, causing agony to all. The psychic feedback is so bad it can actually be heard, and Dazzler is able to convert the sound into light, ending the attack. Having seen somewhat what the X-Men can do, Mephisto now needs to decide which one to collect, since he can't collect them all. Or can he? The X-Men decide to go on the defensive and patrol their grounds, except for Dazzler, who is considered too inexperienced. After a few more helpful threats from Wolverine, Rogue flies off and runs right into Mephisto. She takes a shot at him, which does nothing, and he gives her a kiss, allowing her to absorb some of himself into her. Turns out it's only what he wants her to see, and she sympathizes with him a bit, incorrectly. He kisses her again, and she sees through all that. But again, it's what he wants her to see. She believes he is after the souls of all the X-Men, and decides that she would beat him to it. She would touch them all and absorb them into herself, protecting them whether they want her to or not. She takes out Wolverine, Storm, Dazzler, and Psylocke. He beats her long shot, but as long shot either does not have a soul, or one so alien, either way it means nothing to him. Mephisto then reveals that this was all a trick on his part, and by now claiming Rogue, he also gains the rest of the X-Men though before he leaves, he is Wolverine back his soul as it's no more than the soul of a wild beast. Back in his realm, Mephisto revels how he loves it when a plan comes together. He gives up the soul of Jean Grey as he now has four X-Men and is only a step away from his final goal. To be continued in the Married With Comics podcast and Mephisto
1: vs. the Avengers.
2: Hi, John. Hi, Maggie. I'm still wrapping my brain around the fact that we're married.
1: (laughs) Me too, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Aw. Well, hey, I was looking at these old comics and I noticed that there's a... Hold that
2: thought. Why don't we talk about it on our podcast? Do
1: we have a podcast?
2: It seems like the logical next step. We get married. We change our names. We combine our comic collections. We start a podcast about comic books.
1: Well, I can't fault your logic, but there are plenty of podcasts out there already. Do you really think we'll have anything new and interesting to say?
2: Oh, I think we'll manage. Welcome to the Married with Comics Podcast, where we constantly f***
1: up. (laughs) It goes from Marvel Girl to Phoenix to Marvel Girl to Jean Grey to Phoenix to Dead. (laughs) Um... And
2: then apparently he's so consumed with his own thoughts that he runs right past three monkeys (laughs) (laughs) a brainwave camera took a picture of that guy's (laughs) head a brainwave camera
1: and ben's just basically whatever you gotta do to stop the commies nick so join us at the married with comics podcast we're two newlyweds with a love for comics intelligently critically and thoughtfully discuss comic books
2: Also listen as we goof around, make jokes, and make fun of John for mispronouncing names. I do that a lot. Sometimes we'll pick a topic and review and discuss comics that relate to the topic.
1: And sometimes we'll pick up a comic and see what discussion topics come up. Sometimes we'll spend an entire episode talking about how much Maggie loves Batman.
2: The only thing that's almost as strong as my love for you is my love for Batman.
1: The Married with Comics Podcast. Available directly on our site at MarriedWComics.Lipson.com, on iTunes, and wherever good podcasts are found. Also, check us out at Facebook at the Married with Comics Podcast.
2: We've got everything you need.
0: And we're back. See? That wasn't so bad. All right. So, Mephisto vs. the X-Men number three. So let's start with the cover. Mm-hmm. It's a little creepy. It's yeah. That look and rogues. I mean, I have to say, though, for they're doing the artwork, I mean, the look and rogues face of what the hell is happening as Mephisto is basically making out with her Mm-hmm. and she does not look like she's a happy person.
2: No, it is a little misleading, I think, on the cover, because it does make it sort of look as if the X-Men are going to leap to her aid. That is in no way the case.
1: No. There's a lot there's a lot of misleading going on. And the, the little box up in the upper left hand corner, which I love. Much like all of them, they have the really cool drawing of Mephisto in in the background that you just see his head and his hands larger than life. And then they have it with one character. In this case, it's Wolverine, which implies Wolverine is maybe we'll get to see Mephisto fight Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Not really.
2: <laughs> you don't get that. No. Nope. Well, let's
1: see.
0: <laughs> Although at least s- it's he's not the one they don't tell you telegraph on the cover who he's after in this issue.
1: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, at least
0: of the corner box, maybe if the cover right. itself, but not the corner box.
1: So if you skip, so you either get fooled by the corner box or made blatantly aware by the cover.
2: Well, and also in the cover, it kind of looks like, you know, may- having read the story, I would say maybe Wolverine's leaping to attack Rogue, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't be walking around the X-Mansion like that. You know what happens? It's not until page eight. Oh, you're right. <laughs> and it looks like
0: Salak is flying.
2: Yeah, I was wondering. I Actually, that's not something she can do, is it? No.
0: <laughs> okay. She looks like she's trying to belly flop onto Mephisto.
2: Yeah, like a sumo wrestler. Or not a sumo wrestler, but like a wrestler move.
0: (laughs) Betsy Superfly Braddock.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Has she
0: been
3: reincarnated into an Asian
0: woman yet at this point? No, no, we are way away from this. This is around... um, Because the same issue out this month is Uncanny X-Men 218. That won't happen until 260-something, I think, during the Acts of Vengeance.
1: So we got That's a wild great. couple. we got a okay. wild go for that one because well, I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he says looking over at me and smiling. <laughs> Unless Al wants to talk. Well, maybe when we get to. Yeah.
0: Psylocke. Oh, yeah. This is the same month as Uncanny 218, which is uh, the newer team members, Dazzler, Rogue, Longshot and Psylocke against the Juggernaut.
1: I remember
2: that one. Yeah.
0: That's where okay. the Juggernaut doesn't want to fight Dazzler because he's a big fan.
2: <laughs> is who's the david hasselhoff looking guy that is long shot. that's Longshot. that's Longshot. okay he was the one i couldn't quite remember who he was gotcha created by
1: ann Nasenti,
0: writer of that daredevil run you were talking about before and oh, art cool. adams
1: huh i love long shot no i, I love all the I, members of this team
2: i thought sure. dazzler was kind of cool like when john first explained the character of dazzler to me like she turns sound into light i'm like what but then he's like well the lasers i'm like oh that makes way more sense <laughs> like, i just imagine her being like this walking disco ball well
1: that's kind of what she is for the majority of the 70s yeah i mean
2: yeah.
0: i don't think she learned how to do lasers until like the last few issues of her series yeah it's so, like hmm. shortly before and, this
1: and then she was able to turn uh with great effort she can also turn um light into sound oh really yeah, that, she did it in the last issue of her own series and a couple of times elsewhere. I think recently she did it in the Secret Wars crossover. You could argue it's a different version of her, but she has demonstrated the ability to do that. It's just showing a complete misunderstanding of how waves work. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this is superheroes. I know. Physics are different in that dimension. Mm-hmm.
0: Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, we have so we start off with the story, The Devil You Say. And we have Mephisto. So we got the thing with Mephisto yelling at the demons attacking Jean Grey. So I know Maggie didn't read this, but John, did you does this remind you of Inferno at all with her parents turned into demons?
1: It really, really does remind me of Inferno a lot because I really liked that story. And that that was probably the most X-Men I was buying at the time. Around that time, I wound up buying all of Inferno. I was I was much more of an X Factor fan at the time because it was kind of more of an X Factor story. Just well,
0: I was reading all three at the time, so mm-hmm. it was perfect for me because I'm like, okay,
3: I'm
1: reading them all anyway.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, Gene's parents get t- turned into demons during Inferno, and seeing like this similar to this happens in it.
2: So is she, like, probably having horrible PTSD flashbacks then? No, that happens after oh, this. Oh, that happens after this. So See, I'm already
0: losing the thread was, of things. Yes. Yeah, Inferno's, like, two years from now.
1: Ah, gotcha. It's okay. I read Inferno before I read th- this, so in my perspective, she <laughs> meant... Might... <laughs> Wibbly wobbly, time. timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. <laughs> yeah. Things
2: that go ding.
3: La-la.
0: And We're so, okay.
2: Go so when their stuff.
0: The whole Damn thing it. with Mephisto as a collector is really weird here. This is like he's being Superboy Prime. <laughs> well,
1: you know? And I also read Infinite Crisis before I read this. So from that perspective, you could say Superboy did it first, as far as I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering, though, is this like the most influential series, actually?
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, it. It. no! I mean, there so are so inspires- many things...
0: And I remember there's stuff from issue two, but I do not remember off the top of my head right now. But there's stuff from issue two that, like, gets done later on in different versions. And it's like, did people just read this or, like, did they just throw out ideas to him? Like, I don't know, is this uh his ideas and other people said, ooh, I like that? Or did they give him ideas and later on go, ooh, I can
1: do that too? I can't really imagine a universe in which a bunch of creators were... Either independently or together, said, you know what had some good ideas. Mephisto versus, oh. let's use them again. <laughs> I agree.
2: I
0: really well,
1: hope there was
2: no such conversation. <laughs>
0: I See, i thinking about this though. Here's the thing: Hal Milgram really gets the short shrift a lot because he's usually used to prop up, like, to rush out stuff. Hey, mm-hmm. this is late. Fix this. Do this. Do the issue in a day. He doesn't really get like time to work on stuff so i mean while he's been in this in the industry for a while i wonder if we can almost consider this like an early work of his actually because he's actually probably had time to do this i mean even with secret wars 2 yeah he had some time for it, but it's not like i mean how much with jim shooter writing full script how much chance did he really get to be involved in it
1: and secret wars 2 i mean uh, these days I've, i imagine he'd like to point out that uh, how little he had to do with that
0: Jim Shooter comes at a time period of writing full scripts, so I'm assuming he did that for this as well, for all his stuff here. So I'm assuming Al Milgram was just art monkey for.
1: Yeah, and so in this, um, yeah, because Jim Shooter doesn't have a script credit. I see what you mean.
0: Yeah. So here I'm wondering if this is like, should we consider this actually early work, like, you know, the first work of somebody else where you're like, eh, it wasn't that greatest, but, you know, they got better. He just never got a chance to really get better.
1: That's true, but most people, as their early work, don't get to do a four-part crossover with all of the teams of the Marvel Universe. Well, yeah, I'm just wondering out loud. No, I'm 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 also wondering aloud. <laughs> 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 and now we wonder.
0: So back to Mephisto. <laughs> <at Superboy. laughs> because the one thing that doesn't make sense, and you did already, and you've written issue four too. Did he really need to do all this? I mean, uh, was there a point in issue in issue four where the soul he gets here wrote? Well, actually, we already talked about it in the synopsis, where this rogue soul actually played a real. I mean, it might have played a role, but it, was it necessary? Or could he have just gone after Thor without it?
2: Yeah, no, it 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 serves no purpose whatsoever.
1: Uh, it, it kind of does, but only. As we'll get to, Rogue's powers are kind of treated in a bizarre way in this one, and that continues over to the next one, which and so he, Rogue winds a spoiler alert, guys. I know you don't want to to ruin a bit of the one of the best. No, no it's terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, Rogue winds up being necessary to extract Thor, uh, Thor's soul from his then mangled body, and that's not really what she does normally no yeah but that's what she does in this
2: yeah so i mean there's a i mean she serves a purpose but ultimately the whole charade that mephisto goes through is meaningless
1: Yeah, it's yeah.
2: entirely unnecessary especially well, like if I, thor was in that bad of shape yeah well
0: like i said in the, the secret wars 2 episode it's like they had an idea for mephisto with thor and they had an idea of Mephisto going, getting revenge against the Fantastic Four because he would want revenge on them and mm-hmm. then decided, "Ooh, let's put this in the miniseries. Well, that's not four issues. Let's throw
1: in some X-Books.
0: OK. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's I mean, if revenge against the Fantastic Four, I'd accept, except ex- I would accept, except for the fact that it's never referred to ever again. Oh, um... yeah. And in this case, uh, Gene is completely irrelevant in this. Rogue is sort of there, but it's all about Thor. And everybody else is just there to lose in combats against Mephisto. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. All right. Now you don't have to read it. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Here's the thing
0: I was wondering about. When Mephisto gives his whole... Talk about his abilities and the fact that, like, I have there are rules and I cannot break them or else you know horrible cosmic events would happen. I kept wondering were they trying to set up a story which he actually did challenge those cosmic powers and rules. And does
1: do you know if that ever happened? Because I have no idea. <laughs> if if it, it this does not set up anything, nothing okay. that happens in this entire series is ever brought up again. It sort of crosses over into Thor, but. Not really? Uh, it doesn't have to. Yeah. Uh, the, the issue, the bit, the issue in which it crosses over to Thor. Those two pages in which there is a crossover could be completely removed, and you would not lose a bit of the story. It was just meant to sell copies of this.
0: Because I just thought that was foreshadow, you know, foreshadowing. Because I, I would read that story of Mephisto, you know, trying to alter things and shaking the cosmos. I'd be interested in that story. We just. Don't get I would it. too.
1: <laughs> we just don't That's- get it. <laughs> yes <laughs> get to that marvel so make it have-, have
2: meant something
1: yeah. Yeah. so
0: anyone else have any thoughts on any of this rest of this stuff about mephisto and hell looking at the
1: fantastic four and all that his realm falling apart i do like the imagery of his realm falling apart you get that again in avengers just with the uh like on which page would this be uh, too many taps uh, page five the one of it falling apart yeah, page five. Yeah, with uh, falling apart off into just the void. Yeah. I always like that imagery. I, I like I like that nothingness is depicted as white.
0: An undrawn page. Right. I mean, well, the art is Bus- John Buscema, so it's pretty to look at, at least.
1: I love both of the Buscemas. John, John and Sal, Sal Buscema, mostly Sal, is what the Marvel Universe looks like in my head. So I read a lot of Avengers and Thor or, and uh, Hulk. Back yeah, in and, day.
0: and he also did a lot
2: of Spider-Man, too. Mm-hmm. I had a note about page four. OK, what is it? Jean says more demons. She's like, wow, more demons. As if the four we saw previously were the only demons in all the netherworld. <laughs> <laughs> Mephisto's realm is just him and these four. <laughs> torturing Jean well, Greyman, they're not supposed to be.
0: Well, that's all he introduced her to when she got there. So she didn't know there were other people. She didn't see them. You know, He's like, hey, this is John.
1: This is Mary. This is Larry. <laughs> okay, that must be all of hell. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, you didn't expect that there would be more than just these four? <laughs> and yeah. then she's popped into a Mylar bag. Oh, God. And Mephisto says, good. The double bagging effect of the mystic Mylar will be proof against the ravages of my searing domain. As if he's been grocery shopping or Christmas present shopping, because that's the only way I can imagine Mephisto knows what double-bagging is. Unless he's been in a checkout line in a shop co on December 23rd.
1: Or if yes, I can't let my kids see what I'm buying. Or if he collects rare comic books. Yeah,
2: right, exactly. He wouldn't have a frame of reference for what double-bagging anything would be. Well, he
1: watches- he was- yeah. Sorry, go on. I said he watches the Earth through his mystic pools. He's got to see people like walking around and shopping and buying comic books.
0: I guess. And he has he has been on that shopping line. You know that, like you said, on the 23rd, when you're in a rush to get to somewhere, and the guy ahead of you is looking at each item saying, but I thought there was a sale, and do you take a post-dated check? Wait, I think I have a couple more. I think I have it in pennies. Hold on, they're not rolled up. Let me count them in this bag. One, two, three. Two. Three. What? Oh, damn. Now I gotta start over.
2: <laughs>
1: That's Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> or,
2: or, he's that guy.
1: Or at least he collects the souls of the people who murder that guy. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> That's. <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> but yes. yes. He knows that. <laughs> and then he's. I'm just briefly on the Mylar bag. I mean, this is obviously either Milgram or Bushema or Shooter from on high or whoever trying to make some sort of metaphor about comic collecting. But it is unclear what the message is, and it does not pay off at all. It just this is the means in which he does. And he makes some sort of comments in which it's very clear that he's talking about collecting comic books. But what does that mean? Is collecting comics the devil? It steals your soul steals your soul or you should do it to keep it from
2: Mephisto do, do it because it's cool like Mephisto I, I don't, don't know no it
1: well, just seems odd. It's like I dare said, to
2: keep kids out of mylar bags yes it's like I said earlier it's a whole bunch of
0: things that get reused later but better I mean think about it. the Jean Grey thing in Inferno that's better you know, with, with the demons that's better uh, Superboy Prime in Infinite Crisis you know the metaphor for a reader better
1: uh, yeah, uh, that uh, okay. I have, I've got issues with that series, but I will have to in agree that the metaphor. In comparison, I will have to agree wholehearted with you that the metaphor is done better there because at least you know what the metaphor
3: is. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to
0: like it, you don't have to agree with it, but it's done better than this.
2: <laughs> it's
0: Context like saying, everything. yeah, it's like, what do you like better, your finger cut off or your hand cut off? Well, I don't like either. Well, you got to pick one. All right, I'd rather have the finger. i don't like it
2: but in comparison it's a lot better (laughs) so this is the kind of thing that reading this comic brings out in people they're like we're making analogies to cutting off limbs (laughs) that's what this brings out in people i feel like watching four rooms again (laughs) i haven't seen that movie in ages
0: me either i just thought about that all of a sudden
2: it's got one of the best opening songs ever
0: I don't remember that right now.
2: Yeah. You would have heard it.
0: <laughs> Probably. It's been like over a decade since I seen that movie. Mm.
1: <laughs> right. I, I, I know. <laughs> I, I think it's, impl- it's, in, it's implied, but not well that Mephisto, on that same page, that Mephisto p- put the idea in Reed's head. He put a lot of ideas in
0: Reed's head. Call X-Factor. I'm looking for God. Don't forget the milk.
1: Make sure you put it in a mylar bag or it'll rip Double bag it
0: It's okay to let Franklin eat sugar and watch horror movies of Uncle Johnny all night There won't be any problems, don't
1: worry (laughs) (laughs) But I do love the expositional god roll call Yeah yeah. (laughs) And it's like, well, as you know Storm, who was on your team for a long time And you're very familiar with, was worshipped as a god Yeah, Yeah, Reed, uh You said, as you said, I know this. Why would you tell me this? And Snowbird, yeah, I know Snowbird. She's from Alpha Flight. She actually qualifies a lot more than Storm was, but I still wouldn't put her on. Or what about Hercules? Well, he'd work, but why would you use him when you have and Thor? There we go.
0: My favorite line is, "And the mighty Thor of Asgardian mythology, who also has ties to the Avengers." (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) one of the founding members does have some ties to the
3: Avengers (laughs) but
0: it's not like you guys have a long association it's not like you lived in their house for a while when your building got smashed up you don't know anything about Thor it's like he's one of the few people who've been doing this as long as you have
1: (laughs) like ten minutes later (laughs) Yeah,
2: there does seem to be an awful lot of hand waving Of things, not, like, waving hands, obviously. Just, I mean, kind of doing away with things for the sake of plot.
1: She says, as I frantically turn back, looking for people waving. (laughs) Oh! Oh. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Since Mephisto says, okay, Richards, now contact the groups, does this mean that, because we, Hercules and Thor, Avengers, you get that issue four, Storm Mm -hmm. is this issue. Is there Mm -hmm. a missing Mephisto versus Alpha
1: Flight there there can't be, because I would have loved and sought that, that out if it existed at any point, because that I want to see. Because John Byrne would have insisted on writing and drawing it both, or at least stood over Milgram's um, shoulder the entire time, and it would have been the only decent issue, and Alpha Flight would have actually gotten some shots in.
0: Well, what issue of Alpha Flight were they up to here, though? That's the question. I have
1: absolutely no idea. Let me find out, because yeah. now I'm curious. Yes.
2: What year is this? This is 87.
1: You got, you know, if only there was some sort of amazing world of comics by some guy named Mike, say. Okay, so June 87, Alpha Flight. Well, that's way past burn.
0: 47. This oh, wait, is maybe, Bill Mantlo and, uh, oh, Magnolan on
1: art, though. Okay, yeah. On the bottom <laughs> of that page, I do like the face tree that mephisto's standing on
2: i didn't even realize that those were faces yes okay well that is kind of cool then yeah i'll Which agree you with think that i
1: got the idea for for the D thing
2: not oh, this yeah. all right i thought it was right. like smoky ichor kind of ghost ectoplasm stuff but not, well it could still be that but it's also faces i
1: assuming tortured souls
2: yeah tortured souls for sure that's pretty tortured. cool
1: actually i didn't realize that
2: yeah i know tortured souls all the way down
1: well like that's we cool. said john busima I love Buscema. Well, he created Mephisto, right? He and I'm Stanley.
0: Pretty, I'm pretty sure, yeah, because he was I, he was the artist on that Silver Surfer series, so I would say yes. So now we get finally get to the X Men, and of course, in pure 80, early '80s fashion, this might be someone's first issue. Everyone respond robotically to the person talking to you using their code name.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, Cyclops. Hi, Wolverine. With your metal, with your claws. Yes, yeah, and well, you know that because
1: you have your telepathy. <laughs> Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic. <laughs> yes, and I have an urgent message for the X Men. You.
3: <laughs> <laughs> who well, you X-Men. are?
1: Good heavens! I'll take this one, Psylocke. <laughs> and she's like, "No problem." Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs>
0: yes, I know who I am. Why do you keep saying my name? That's just really weird. <laughs>
1: He even gets a bub in bottom of the page. It's important as part of exposition that we know he says bub. Yeah,
0: it's in his contract. He gets to say bub once every issue he's in.
1: <laughs> Sorry, as a as a as an aside, have you ever seen that uh, when somebody took Civil War and rewrote all the dialogue for it? No. It is absolutely hilarious. I don't know if I can find a link to it. I'll send it to you. But it's like Wolverine's entire dialogue has been replaced by snicked bub, snicked, snick bub. <laughs> that's, that's all he says. <laughs> and the Punisher is just swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so when he comes in with Peter, with the um, almost dead Peter Parker into the headquarters, he's like, come.
3: Fuck, horcock! Cock. It's
1: just—it's so funny with the art because it's just. Ah.
0: All right, so here we go, Maggie. Your favorite page? Oh, it's Wolverine, Ro- Wolverine and Rogue. Wolverine and Rogue as she's walking with saying, "Hey, would you like a beer?" And then randomly falls.
2: Yeah, trips on a polished floor. (laughs) And then Wolverine threatens her. Is that something he's known to do? Threaten his own teammates? Not at this time. And not Rogue. No, they got
0: over their issues uh, shortly after she joined. When he was supposed to get married. Okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. Good I I meant that more for John because he knew what to talk about. The the Paul Smith issues. It's the two of them running around uh, Japan while all the X-Men are basically poisoned. And that's basically when he gets over his issues with her and accepts her.
2: <laughs> so this like, is just pulling up old wounds for absolutely
1: no reason then. Well, especially well, since his response to her falling down is to pop his claws right. <laughs> and then yell at her. And the way he yells at her, you almost touched me. Another half inch and I'd have shoved six inches of adamantium right through you. What are you doing walking around like that?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, rogue. Walking through around on floors, doing favors for Wolverine boots.
2: By the way,
1: (laughs) you know what happens when you touch people.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the the position
1: is painful. That it'd be pretty hard to forget that when I touch people. All right. Yeah. Well, the only thing I can not
0: not how they do it, but at least the Wolverine's personality here. The only thing that makes sense to me is this. When Jim Shooter was, it's very similar to what Jim Shooter gave him in Secret Wars, which was yes. not really the personality he had in X-Men at the time. Because if you notice, unlike in issue two, where they thank Louise Simonson for help of X-Factor, he does not thank Chris Claremont.
1: He, right, he thanks Jim Shooter. So what we, that's a very, very good point. So, so you can blame Rogue's drawl being as annoying as it is on Jim Shooter.
0: Yeah, that's, or more importantly, Wolverine's really personality.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. That too. No, Wolverine's personality. Yes. Yeah, I'm not a. F- that's a different conversation, but I am a, not a fan at all of Wolverines in Secret Wars.
0: Yeah, and Dr. this is the Wolverine in
1: Secret Wars. Yes, popping his claws, hating Captain America, we presume. Well, you almost get
0: the impression that Jim Shooter didn't like the X Men. It was just that, well, they sold well, so he couldn't just kill
1: them off. That makes a lot of sense, especially with. Actually, I don't know where I was going with that, so you can edit that out. I'll edit it out to just be makes a lot of sense.
3: Because
1: yeah. <laughs> I said
0: something and it made a lot of sense, so I'm keeping that part. There you go. I'm going to keep playing it over appreciate. and over
2: again. And yeah. It night. <laughs> just remind you, I made a valid point. I made a valid point. All
1: right, Yay, yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then he gets on the horn and <laughs> like X-Men this is Wolverine yeah, yeah we, we know <laughs> uh, get your asses in here and then they all show up I mean <laughs> he's
2: a bigger jerk than Batman
0: yeah. yeah it's like yes we know it's you there's only one other guy on the team right now and you're not long shot
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's only two of you which though that's a nice thing if you notice that there's six people on the team right now and only two of them are men
2: yeah, that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I didn't notice that at first. But, but yeah, it's it long shot.
0: That's Claremont. Claremont yeah. was definitely very early inclusive with, I mean, think about it. It's like 1982, and he's like, okay, Cyclops is gone. Who's going to
1: be the leader? How about the black woman? There you she go. The
3: she's yeah, that's pretty great. cool.
1: She's, a, she's, she's in charge here, too, even though you can't really tell. Yeah, Exactly.
0: And she's in charge, and, and at this point, she had no powers, and she
1: still is in charge. Because she beats Cyclops for the right to do so, and it's awesome. We should well, read eats, that.
0: Yeah, she beats everyone. I mean, she yeah. she, gets the crap, she gets the crap out of most people without her powers.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and she can control the weather. But not
1: at this point. Well, no,
2: but I'm just, I mean, damn.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's stupidly overpowered yeah, as to far take as it powers. to its logical conclusion.
2: But, I mean, now mm-hmm.
1: she's, you know, just
2: simply a badass. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But badass enough that she's in charge of Wolverine.
2: That's pretty I cool. Yeah, yep. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But yeah, no, Claremont
0: did that. Because even when there's two more people that join, when the team, when I started reading the team, it's Colossus and Havoc I've joined. So it's in completely even split, four and four. Oh.
3: Hmm.
1: But here we also have Psylocke and Dazzler and Longshot, as you said. Yes. I am such a mark for Dazzler. Have been since her first appearance in, in X-Men. She's she's such a product of her time, but they've actually advanced her out of that and made her into a functional character here.
0: Yeah, no, I liked her in this X-Men run. Well, this time period, I mean. She actually was a, a fun character. And Psylocke, too, but I, I like Excalibur and Captain Britain, so. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, by the way, when they're um when Dallas is doing her light thing, I do like the fact that Al Milgram actually did pay attention to some continuity. Because Psylocke has bionic eyes.
1: Oh yes, they point that out. Neither Silox nor Longshot's powers are very well represented here. Because no. Longshot's powers are to be really lucky.
2: Is that? I was wondering. Is that kind of his thing? Is that he just he beats the odds?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Or in this case, he. It's kind does, of a nice power to have. Makes things worse.
2: How does that? How does that? That's
1: a mutation. To beat uh, statistics? He's not a mutant. He's he's an alien. Oh. He's from a. I, I'm gonna. Uh, Al would be.
2: From a planet of lucky aliens? No, no he he's was from
1: another dimension. It's another dimension uh. where this guy named Mojo does a a deathly game show on all the time, and he's the best contestant because he beats the game of death.
2: Why does that make me think of like War World Domino? I it's, mean, I know. I always go back to DC, but I'm still just yeah. thinking, why does that make me think?
1: It's a lot like War World, World.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's oh, similar,
1: but it's more called... TV based. Yeah. It okay. It's making a lot of com- it's making commentary and satire on.
2: Kind of like what Jeff Goldblum did in Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. Which I and, thought was pretty
3: cool.
0: And to be fair, Domino, yes, Domino actually is a mutant with luck power, so it does mm. become a, power, a mutant power eventually. That's weird. That's interesting.
3: Huh. All right. All right.
1: But you wouldn't know it from here because all he does is try to help Psylocke <laughs> out and then holds his head with the backlash and everybody else does the same. Wolverine starts pounding on the walls, which he probably still had his claws popped out. So he's just tearing out circuitry.
0: Oh, they probably had to fix stuff left and right with Wolverine. <laughs>
2: they have backup generators for backup generators when he slices through things. and Exactly. Yeah. He
0: gets drunk and it's like, oh, we got to fix stuff again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man yeah i would not want to have to be on cleanup duty after him that'd be pretty
1: bad
0: that's why they have the new mutants this is your training here's a broom
1: <laughs> <laughs> follow you, the short guy that's better than the actual this is your training go in that room and we'll try to kill you don't worry the safety gauges are oh my god
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah those that's damn demon bears
0: <laughs> i understood that reference i knew one of you would but at least we get Dazzler using her power. I mean, the yeah, only downside
1: she, she's is. She's the only one. Sorry to interrupt you there. She's no, the only one who actually pulls something off properly, but unless you can count rogue, which only happens by cheating on her powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Although the one downside for Dazzler is she takes sound makes into light. Sounds a little hard to do with a uh, nonverbal medium.
1: Yeah. True. True. But that's why E. She turned the E into. Really bright
2: light. Into yeah, really bright light. I thought the art for her was actually kind of cool, though. Kind of psychedelic.
0: Yeah, it is very psychedelic. That whole light pattern that
1: she's standing in.
2: Yeah. Well, that would like, be something to see if I had bionic eyes. Thank you, Psylocke.
1: <laughs> That's right. Everyone else is just seeing. wow. Everyone else <laughs> is
2: just blind forever now. <laughs> well, I mean, they it's supposed to be, be
0: that when she did because she's a singer. So when she was doing her act, she would use her light powers to create a light show while she was singing. Oh. And, it was, and it was disco.
2: So she's like a one-woman show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would just of lie light. to people
0: and say, oh yeah, I got light, I
2: got equipment set up, don't worry. Because, you know, mutant. Bad. Did she,
1: did she do, like, covers of ABBA? We assume, uh, well...
2: I'd love to see her, like, singing Dancing Queen or Fernando in a comic book and making light shows. She was originally
1: supposed to be black. Because they were going to have Donna Summer do her voice. Oh, interesting. Wait, do her voice for what? For the movie. They were going to have, do a movie, Dazzler the Movie. She was a, she was going to have her own movie? Yeah, it was going to be the first movie. A bunch of things. And Donna Summer was star, was starring in it. Okay. And they were going to have but, an album. And they were going to have an album. Jeez, they had big plans. It never happened. They've published Fairly the not. script of Dazzler the Movie as yeah. a graphic novel. But changed it to Alice and Blair rather than.
2: Right. Huh. I did not know that. The more you know.
1: All right. I think the X-Men get into this comic faster than the Avengers do.
2: It takes the Avengers, I think it's like 12 pages or so before they actually show up, yes.
0: And they don't really do much anyway. They They just get beat pretty quick.
2: Yeah, they just throw themselves at a wall of fire and then sort of, okay, well, I guess that's it. Time to go home now.
0: (laughs) At least some of the X Men do some try stuff here. Yes. Yes. But Rogue can fly. Yes. Well, Rogue has has basically all the powers of Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers.
2: That's right. I knew that. I keep forgetting that, but I know that. That's okay. Yeah. Because she has all her powers. Too long and got all of her stuff and.
0: Yeah, including half her mind.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I I wonder how Carol felt about that. Not happy.
2: <laughs> I
0: can once she, re- she realized, but the thing is, like for a while, there Carol was pretty much catatonic, and then basically amnesiac. She didn't know anything about herself beyond when she woke up.
3: Jeez, yeah.
0: Rogue stole too much from mine. There's actually a bunch of stories where Rogue actually gets knocked out, and t- basically Carol's personality takes over.
2: Oh, yes. Okay, I've heard I've heard tell of this anyways. Yes. I'd actually like to maybe seek out some of those stories, because they sound like there's some genuinely good
1: X-Men stories. There are a ton of genuinely good X-Men stories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And for whatever reason, and I'm not sure why, but X-Men have just never really blipped my radar. I, I, I was always more of a DC person than a Marvel person, I guess, even for the very little interaction I had with it before meeting John. I still always kind of gravita- grav- gravitated towards DC stories than Marvel stories, and the X-Men just never really did it for me. I did see Days of Future Past. I really quite like that, actually. I thought that, that was a good, good movie. But now I'm kind of keen on maybe reading some decent X-Men stories. After having read this one. <laughs>
0: no, not this one. This doesn't <laughs> No, no, count. no, no.
2: Yeah. No one should read this. That's not true.
0: By the way, besides yes. Rogue Flying, I do like at the bottom here, where Storm, on this page, page 10, where Storm saying, you're still too untrained, Asler. <laughs> Allison, you can't help us, except for the fact you're the
1: only one who actually did anything useful so far. Yeah. And I've been in comics almost as long as you have, she should have said. Well, actually, there was quite a bit, but. Yeah, five years. Five years. I heard socks
2: supposed to be different colors. But
1: I've been doing it longer than Longshot has, she should have said. Yeah. Or Rogue. She is. Or Rogue. At least she wasn't a villain.
0: It's like At least it wasn't a bad guy. Come on. So Rogue finds Mephisto, and here we go the kiss.
3: Uh,
2: It is, I think, supposed to be evocative of Dracula and the whole... uh, Not the shiny, twinkly vampires that can go out into the daytime like they can these days. Compelling
1: your mind. Right.
2: A much more traditional kind of a vampire... Because in, in like on the cover, they do a fairly decent job of making Rogue look like she's shocked or afraid that Mephisto is kissing her. And on this page, she looks more like she's into it. And this is where things start to degrade for me. Very rapidly, actually.
1: Well yeah. the second I read Soul Kiss in every sense of the word, I yeah. said, Oh no.
2: Cause this yeah. is like bad fanfic and it's creepy <laughs> as hell.
0: Yes. By the way, speaking of what I said before about other issue, you know, stories taking things from this,
2: mm-hmm. hold on,
0: I have to check to see what came out first, but Fantastic Four versus the X-Men, there's a, I think, a full page thing with Rogue kissing the thing and taking his powers. It's very much like this one.
1: It was before this.
0: This okay. was that. Okay. So they- this one, this one was actually after that one for once.
2: What <laughs> <laughs> is that, does she do that a lot? Does she use her powers by
1: kissing people? She does. Okay. Usually because they're shocked by it. They're not expecting it and they go, whoa.
2: Oh, sure, sure, sure. So she's like a literal femme fatale.
1: Yeah.
2: Huh. Okay. I guess I did not. I thought she was being sort of manipulated in the story by the writers to just be. Making out with Mephisto and then she kisses all the X-Men and then she kisses Thor in the Avengers one. I'm like, okay, is this just something that she does or is
1: this something that they're doing? Well, she's wearing gloves at this point, so that's like right. it has to be somewhere in her face.
2: On her face or whatever, yeah.
1: Yeah. Plus, I mean,
0: going by story wise, this is that's really usually like the only kind of human contact she ever gets to have.
2: Right, which kind of I makes the story almost tragic because it is kind of sad I know that part of Rogue's thing is that she can never be touched I knew that going into this at least and so it it does add sort of a level of sadness because it's the only time she's ever going to get touched and it's by a creepy Satan guy yeah well not the first time she's been touched but I mean you know
0: yeah and then Mephisto tries to play off like like you said it's like Dracula he tries to play off like
1: he's sympathetic
2: yeah and um and, and desirable in some kind of a way and he is absolutely not
1: neither no. is Dracula mind frankly that's gotten corrupted over time right he he's meant to Dracula is meant to appear be made to uh, let me try that again when you see Dracula you are compelled to find him attractive but he is not whenever no. he is oh. whenever he's described he um, smells of the dead um, his, he, his he's cold and he's clammy. Cl- he's cl- like a dead man. His, right. his eyes are make you uncomfortable. His breath smells like blood. It's...
2: Yeah,
0: but, but
1: you are
2: mesmerized,
0: mesmerized by him. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's not supposed it, to be yeah. that he's suave and sympathetic, and that's why Mina falls for him. It's supposed to be that basically he's manipulating and, you know, hypnotizing her.
2: Right. He, he's got some sort of, you know, uh, magicalness that exactly. he can kind of impose on people. And nice. Mephisto is definitely a character who would have a similar sort of ability.
1: Yes. But, yes. Has, but no qualities either. No. Neither of them have really qualities.
2: No, no. Well, no, they're, they're, well so. they're not supposed to. They're right. bad guys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll they're see. villains. They're villains, yeah. yeah. Dracula is supposed to be this evil, horrible thing. He's not Angel.
2: Yeah. I, right, exactly. He's not Edward or whatever they are from Twilight. I don't even know. He's not even Spike. I Aww. go to
0: Buffy. I go to Buffy. Me too.
2: I don't know anything about Twilight. It's just that, for me at least, that's the most recent Dracula thing. I don't know if there's more vampires since then. I would otherwise have said, like, Lestat. Thanks, Anna. Which one was he? Was that Brad Pitt? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom
0: Cruise played Lestat in the first one.
1: Oh, that's right. God, I keep forgetting Queen of the Damned was a movie that existed.
3: Bad movie,
1: awesome soundtrack. Uh,
3: yes.
0: (laughs) Much like uh, Last Action Hero. Bad movie,
1: awesome soundtrack.
2: Or The Crow. I have a
0: very crow, it's a soft
1: spot in my heart for A Last Action Hero. It's not a good movie, but I will watch no. it.
0: The Crow is a good I will fight you on The Crow, though. Crow is a good movie, but awesome soundtrack. You were right on that. It clock.
2: does have an amazing soundtrack. I'd have to watch it again. I remember thinking, this is strange. I think I'd like it if I watched it a second time. I like weird, dark things. So
1: I can't remember if I like it or not. I. It's my, been a
2: very long time since I've seen it.
1: Mephisto, I understand.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
2: her accent makes me think of Applejack from My Little Pony. (laughs) That's who I kind of transpose over Rogue's voice, because I can't stand that ah as I. Uh,
0: You will have some issues then with Claremont's X-Men.
2: Yeah, no, I understand that it's it's apparently his fault. And that's fine. I don't think it's going to detract from my enjoyment overall. It's just, it's one of those nitpicky, um, what do you call them, pet peeves of mine.
1: Well, then stop before you get to gambit because that'll cause you to t- tear your hair out. So, Rogue
0: comes after Wolverine and takes him out in two pages. Yes.
1: Where are we here? Uh, oh, we got. Oh, I'm
0: going the go. wrong way. That's right. Yeah, pages 15 and 16. Oh, I'm always at page
2: Because I have a note for page 14. Yeah, I've done it again. What's your to... note then? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was. <laughs> There's so many things happening at once. Uh rogue talking to mephisto and saying so you began to take their souls as a substitute for any real contact with other living beings believe me i know how that feels excuse me you know what it's like to steal other people's souls because you what now i don't think that's quite how that works
0: well with her power when she she takes people's abilities and memories and stuff and even bits of their personality which she doesn't do do it intentionally no, but I guess he knows what it's like to have people's thing. Although he doesn't really take their souls in himself.
1: That's so, Yeah, it doesn't really work. That's what I would say to it. There, I mean, Milgram is playing with the idea that your essence is just the sum total of your memories. You know, either mm-hmm. he was watching um, Doctor Who the Five Doctors, where... The person Mm -hmm. is just the sum of his memories, of of his memories. A time lord, even more so. But, Mm -hmm. but so in that sense, memories equals soul. But they don't. That's not how they treat souls in the Marvel universe. Your soul is what you have, and after you die, and if you do a contact with Mephisto, you go to hell with it, and presumably you rise up to heaven if you don't.
3: Yeah, or you
1: know, you go to Valhalla if Odin likes you. Yeah. Ooh. Or you go to your final reward, but you do have a mystical being that survives death, a mystical part of yourself that survives death. That's your soul. It's never, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really never been established that Rogue does this. when She's she's stealing memories, but she's not stealing your physical soul.
2: Well, and, and hang on, because my, my point really was more that not only is it odd that she's trying to empathize with Satan at all, but that that's the thing that she can empathize with him on. I mean, it's interesting, but it's also kind of jarring and a little strange. Like, I know exactly how Satan feels.
1: And he's all like, pleased to meet you. And then they make out again.
2: And then they start kissing and I get the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, that's
0: not, I mean, her power does take memories and stuff. But even if you want to say that is the soul, even even we want to, for argument's sake, say that is, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it goes into her. And like so, she actually knows it and feels, it, and she knows what they were thinking, and like what they love and hate and things like that. He's just holding it in his hand. He's not, yeah. You we're know, making he's a tree out of it.
3: Yeah, making or he's making out
0: rocks it. out of it, or he's doing you know origami with it, or whatever, or just poking <laughs> holes at it, or letting it <laughs> on fire. But there's a difference, you know. Yeah, she still takes. Let's say, like we said, we're gonna say this is souls. Then she, yeah, she's borrowing people's souls, but mm-hmm. it's in her. It affects her. Him, it's just like, oh, I got another one. Cool. I'll put this with all of my other ones in my Mylar bags.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so even there, even if they're trying to do here, that doesn't work.
2: Y- yeah. It, it all seems rather clunky. I yeah. guess is kind of how it came across, amongst other things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But either way, apparently we're
0: gonna go with the we're gonna just go with the fact that apparently the memories and stuff mean soul. Because apparently that does here.
1: It has to, otherwise the rest of it doesn't make any sense. Like it, it
2: did to begin with?
1: All right. Well, when nothing makes sense, it might as well make sense.
2: Oh.
0: It's like a Bob Haney Fortune story. Fortune cookies are getting <laughs>
1: weirder all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're not even fortunes anymore. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> but yeah, it's like a Bob Haney story. You just kind of got to go with the insanity. Oops.
2: I mean, I'm all for it. As long as the insanity is worth it or good, oh, enjoy sure. it. This has its moments. moments? You want everything, don't you? God, I really, I, I know it's so selfish to want to read a good story.
1: (laughs) The next bit in the in the issue is the best part of the entire series. Snick, snick. No, just the fight. The fight scenes are decent because we get them.
2: Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And plus, we everybody loves to see heroes fight heroes, especially in the Marvel universe. It's It's Mm. just ingrained in the DNA of it. You know they're gonna fight each other. It's what you do.
2: I could take heroes fighting each other or leave it, but it again it depends on the context.
0: But yeah, so she I like that she takes Wolverine out quickly, as opposed to you know three issues of him and him winning. It's nope, nope. Well, two pages Wolverine's down. I got it. Whoops. And he's done. Like yeah, the one thing I did like he was doing is that he he. did write in the fact that when Rogue absorbs people, she does absorb part of their personalities. So she starts saying things like darling, like Wolverine does. And later on, when she goes after Dazzler, she has a bit of Storm's speech patterns. Oh, yeah, I didn't, that, that, hey, I didn't uh, notice that either. I'm noticing it now. Huh. But... So that's one thing that he did. That, I will give him credit for that one thing. He did pay attention enough with that, that when Rogue absorbs people, she starts getting bits of them in her.
2: You know what I do notice, though, is that she kisses Mephisto, and she kisses uh, Wolverine, and she kisses Thor, but she doesn't kiss the women. That, no, which, I am mean, right. If we're going with the idea that the reason she does it that way is because people don't see it coming, I mean, then yeah. why not kiss the ladies?
1: Point taken.
2: We have nice lips. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will agree. <laughs> yeah, I I'm just really thinking- can't argue that. That's
0: true. They don't yeah. do that here.
2: Mm-mm. What? Nope, Chips. she takes. She bothers to take her glove off and grab Storm by the arm when she's just been kissing everybody else.
1: Storm gets a shot in, I like that. Yeah. And she's completely outclassed by a powered-up rogue with Wolverine's powers. I mean, she's...
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Dazzler's easy. Dazzler just walks up to her and goes, Hi, what's up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and
1: before that, though, Rogue uh, hits Mephisto and gets a red result on her Slugfest attack. And Mephisto <laughs> rolls a white result on his endurance check. And there he is, therefore, grand slammed, which means he has moved away from her a number of areas equal to her strength roll every round.
2: Good to know. If
1: Al has never played the original Marvel superheroes role-playing game, he, like you, are just as confused.
2: I mean...
1: I played I the Advanced. Oh, okay. So you you kind of got what it. I said? I have some. I mean, it's been
0: years. I gotta find, I'm hoping to get those sent down from my parents' house because they're in the basement still, all those old stuff. But I had a whole bunch of those things.
2: Isn't that fun? It's like shopping, but everything's free.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, I forgot all about this. Let me look at yeah. this again.
2: Exactly, and then you get all those memories, and it's nostalgic, and, I don't know, it's fun.
0: Yeah, last time I was up there, I found my Atlas of the DC Universe from the role-playing game there, and the Legion source
3: book. Oh,
1: cool! The Atlas of the DC Universe is one of my favorite things I ever had. That had actually more direct information about the cities than were made available, because they were always purposefully vague yeah. on yep. where they are in things, but in this, they put them in actual states.
0: Yeah, Metropolis is in Delaware, and Gotham is in New Jersey.
2: Is anybody in Wisconsin?
1: No, except for the Great Lakes Avengers.
2: We're a flyover state, no matter what medium. (laughs) Hold on one second. Gotham's been
1: mentioned as being in New Jersey several times throughout its existence. No, I seem to remember that. In the comics.
2: Yeah, because they're supposed to be right across the bay from each other.
1: And at various times, I think they are currently. Yeah, right. right. let's Let's see. see. Let's see. Map of the United States. He's got the book out we're talking about. (laughs) You know, Gotham's been mentioned as being in New Jersey in the comics, too, both before and after that. So it might have been where they got the idea.
0: Yeah. And plus, it makes sense because if Gotham is in New Jersey, Bloodhaven's supposed to be close to it, too. And it kind of makes sense. Gotham would be Jersey City, more or less. And Bloodhaven would be Camden.
1: Except that (laughs) Metropolis, Gotham and New York City would not all exist. If you went by a logical progression of how cities develop, you wouldn't have three megalopolises like that.
2: You've got Minneapolis and St. Paul.
1: But you don't have a New York City next to a New York City. No, that's just one big New York City. But
0: well, just basically this means Jersey City is bigger than it would be, and and Philadelphia's not that far, and there's nothing in Delaware, so screw it. Give them them
1: something. (laughs) I always, it's always just been my dream. Sometimes I wish that they just. Rather than having a New York City in in the DC universe, that it just was Metropolis and and Gotham, that there's no New York City, and that in L.A. there's no Coast City, because having a Coast City in an L.A. doesn't make any sense. But they fixed that one, like Star City. Star City, yeah. Star City, what is in Seattle? Seattle, okay. Uh, Central City is either Chicago. Uh, it's more of St. Uh, Louis? St. Louis or no, Keystone City is St. Louis. Central City is either like Minneapolis or Chicago, depending mm, on what. Store. Anything
0: here is listed as Wisconsin. You got oh. Iowa. You got Who's oh, Iowa. Let's see, Pittsdale and the Quad Cities. Oh well, the Quad c- Cities are in Iowa, so. Oh, okay then, yeah, that's a uh, that's uh, what's it called? Um,
1: Wild dog.
2: All oh, right. Okay. What the hell are the Quad Cities?
1: Um, I don't know.
2: Like, are you talking about actual cities in the Iowa? actual
1: Quad Cities. I think it's on Iowa and Illinois border. Oh, really? is not like Dubuque. I'm not going to say because... Moline, Davenport, Rock Island, and Bettendorf.
2: Oh. I mean, I know from Moline. I know Moline. I'm not a huge fan of Iowa or Illinois. They're be? big and flat.
1: And Pittsdale, Iowa, which is very And anybody who
2: listens from those states, (laughs) they're lovely. Don't
1: listen to my wife. Your states are awesome. Listen to our show. (laughs) So apparently nothing specifically
0: in Wisconsin. Sorry.
2: Well, yeah, that's right. We're only the birthplace of Harry Houdini.
0: Oh, there you go. That's awesome. And Ed Gein.
2: And Ed Gein. Yep, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's that's awesome. George went. Ooh, Norm. Norm! From Cheers, yep. And we've got um, ah, oh, crap, what's his name? Willem Dafoe, Willem
3: Dafoe okay. from here. Tony He's Shaloub
2: Green. is from Wisconsin, Green Goblin.
3: Nope,
2: the at Marvel.
0: That's the first thing I think of with him.
1: But back to the, I do like the aside that Mephisto pops back in in time to remind us of two other dazzler stories we might want to check out, which yes. I
2: do actually want to check out because they sound pretty cool. The well,
1: Galactic is what I love. The Secret Wars one. (laughs) If if you would like to see us uh, see an issue drawn by the guy who wrote this, then here's what it looks like.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Those are.
1: Yeah. By the way.
0: uh, Yeah. Go listen to episode four of Secret Wars and beyond for that one. And if you thought the rogue Mephisto thing here was a little creepy. mm, Yeah. Basically the beyonder in that one's like, Oh, you thought that was creepy? Hold my beer.
3: Oh,
2: is that the one where she's like, Raped in the future and then has a kid in the past or no? That's, no, that's Carol
0: Danvers. That's Carol Danvers oh, again.
2: God, no,
0: no, this is the one. Characters. This is the one where the Beyonder says, "I, I'm, I think I'm gonna, I want to love somebody. I'm gonna love you, and you're gonna love me."
1: That works, yep. huh? Purple mans him. Oh, I mean, her purple mans her basically. Yeah. Gross. Yes. Yeah. Purple so. mans a villain. Villain. He's a good villain, and I
2: particularly like David Tennant as him, but gross and creepy.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that one's a little creepy. I would read the Galactus story. That should at least be amusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. I still need to read that one. Let's get over this thing. So we got Psylocke taken out. Boom, she's done. Yep, pretty much. And Longshot doesn't have a soul, so he's like, eh, don't care.
2: Oh, that's right. Yep, he doesn't have a soul, so that's done and over with.
1: Now, that would have been something that they would have had the, I don't know, did Longshot ever have a crisis over the fact that he apparently doesn't have a soul? When he leaves the X-Men. Okay, so maybe that's sprung out of this? Maybe. But they could have made it more explicit that ever since Mephisto told me I don't have a soul, see this crappy series.
3: (laughs) Uh,
1: I think the Claremont probably ignored this completely. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) probably <laughs> wolverine is the best there is at what he does and what he does is tell everybody never to th- think about or speak of this ever again with apologies basically, to rick yes. from P- power of the power pack unpacking the power of power pack Got on the second try <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> all right we're almost done with this thing
0: Woo-hoo. so basically rogue's like aha you can't get him i got tricked you and he's like fooled you? I wanted you to do that.
1: <laughs> and I don't buy it for a minute, I, especially how this plays out. I think Mephisto is just making stuff up as he goes on.
0: I actually do believe from that. I mean, he is laying it on really thick earlier. Curse you, woman! Mephisto is not so easily thwarted earlier on. That is, I that's think true. I think yeah. they were. Just, I think he actually. This was a plan.
1: No, it, it was. I, I agree with you. I was just being flipped, but. Because earlier he pre- he pretends that she's um, drained, uh, drained him a little bit more than she yeah. has.
2: I do have to say, though, it is pretty impressive overall that Rogue does stand up by herself to Mephisto and and does what she can in a terrible situation, again, all by herself, without the aid of the X-Men as we see on the cover. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. doesn't go well, obviously, but it's impressive at least that she by herself does this yeah she, plus unlike she, the first
0: two issues it's not just who's the best one out of this team well it's going to be the, the woman on the team there's a woman in jean gray this one mm. is just the fact that basically power wise she's the one that was able that worked right mm-hmm. it wasn't that she was automatically the best one
1: yeah, I have we're not covering the Sue Storm the Fantastic 4 one, but I as a Sue Storm fan, I, Sue Storm Richards fan, I have so many issues with how she is portrayed in that issue.
0: Well, yeah. And I I said in the Secret Wars if episode, I don't think Jean Grey was the one that should have been picked. I think Iceman is the one he should have went after.
1: Oh yeah. Well, he would or Beast even. He would beast had if he would have focused more on the temptation that they were but that would have meant that they had some sort of overall plan for having the x factor in there rather than just filling in this well yeah yeah and
0: if anyone's curious about that go listen to the episode i told you go listen go go Mm. it's a crossover go listen part this is part three go listen to part two first
2: Yeah, that's... Part of the torment of this whole experience has been that we started in the middle. (laughs) We did extras three and four. (laughs) And
0: And I I did two and three. Now he takes her, and he gives Wolverine back his soul, because I guess he doesn't want it. It's not like he was doing anything with them anyway, so I don't know why he didn't keep it.
3: Yeah.
2: Put it in a mylar bag, at least, if nothing else. Yeah. yeah. It's Wolverine! Isn't that collectible at this point? It's
0: 87. Wolverine's collectible. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Literally exactly. everything. That's why he's in this.
0: And then he... In 87, you know what you would have been paying for issue one of Wolverine? More than cover. Definitely more than cover. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Maggie. Go on.
2: No, no, no that's fine. John's messing it up anyways. I am not. I wanted this one. Oh. Because I have a note on page 23. Okay. Stop it, iPad. Thank you. Because the that bottom panel with Rogue like fainted in Mephisto's arms... And his line is, a shame you did not enjoy it as much as I. That's really gross. I mean, I know I keep going back to that word, but it's really the only word I can use to describe. Because she looks genuinely frightened. And then he goes in and pins her arms behind her back and kisses her and she passes out. And that's his line? Was it as good for you as it was for me? Seriously.
0: Yeah, no, it is very, very gross. I mean, at the very least... I don't think anyone has ever really tried to make Mephisto, n- not relatable, but what's the word, I guess, sympathetic?
2: Yeah. Right.
0: He is
1: the embodiment of evil.
2: Yeah, I guess. I'm I mean, not this excusing
3: it.
1: I don't yeah. even, I don't no, think he's spent many times kissing people against their will, though. This. Is-
2: yeah, I was going to say, like... Th- I mean doing bad things is something a villain does, but doing these particular kinds of bad things is like a creepy date rapey frat
1: boy. Well, and that's it's kind of lazy right I don't like to use the phrase lazy writing, but I'm going to use it here in the fact okay. that if you can't think of another way to threaten a woman right. besides sexual violence
2: Exactly. It's like or
1: threatening her with it. That, right. that's that's lazy. Even Joss Whedon falls for it a lot of the time who is usually fairly feminist in the things that he writes, but mm-hmm. he falls for that if the point of this is the I need to do a shock here, so this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's it's a way overused trope. This is just one of a number of examples on it. Gail Simone has some things to say about this particular issue, I would say.
2: I like Gail Simone a lot. Yes. Hi Gail yeah. Simone.
0: Yeah, I, I wish he was listening.
2: I <laughs> <about her> <laughs> We love your Wonder Woman! <laughs> I really do. I love her Wonder Woman. It's so good.
0: Wonder Woman was good. I love her Secret Six. You would like her Secret Six? I was
2: going to say, I'm not familiar with that. I will go find uh, that at the library. It was
0: awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, uh, no, he didn't. I mean, the kissing wasn't
0: needed here now. Definitely not. Did, didn't, he did not have to do that. He didn't have to kiss Invisible
1: Woman or Jean, or Jean Grey to get them.
2: He, right, exactly. It's just Rogue that he's manipulating in this particular way.
1: And then he goes and... Uh... Doesn't take Wolverine's soul because it, he's going to get it anyway. He implies, or no, he does not even that. He just says he doesn't want anything to do with his soul,
2: which is like the biggest insult, I would what, think.
1: No, you're going to go to heaven when you die.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Heaven to hell. Can
1: <laughs> Hell's afraid I'll take
3: over.
2: That's right.
1: That's the phrase. And, and he shows his lament at Wolverine is the best. There. Yeah he does and what he does is bay at the moon
2: i was gonna say because i'm not terribly familiar as i've said with the x-men so does wolverine often howl at the moon is this something that wolverines typically do because i don't think so my
1: brain flashed to something in the early 2000s that i'm just gonna scrub right out of uh are
0: we talking um adamantium less wolverine with no nose (laughs)
1: <laughs> i didn't mind that i was talking about the bit where they decided to make all of these wolf related characters and wolverine oh, was one. Oh,
0: yeah romulus
1: yes
2: romulus and remus yeah
1: like, yeah you we're gonna ignore that we're, yeah it's, it's really dumb the, less said the, the less said the better speaking of dumb things this is almost over and the best yes. p- i do like this last panel Oh, the last page is awesome.
3: Page. That
2: splash page is really cool. That artwork with Jean uh, Jean Flame, Jean Grey, and the flame in his hand, and then the X Men in his other hand, and he's massively huge, and he looks much more devilish. In this kind of almost got like a little goatee thing going on on his chin, and he's it's I really quite like that last page. Yeah, That's but, good
1: art. And the next thing you see is him send all of them but Rogue back to Earth.
2: Right. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. You do.
1: But if you want to hear more about that, you should listen to the Married with Comics when we have Rob from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack nope. on. What? His name's not Rob. We don't have Rob. Who? His name is Rick. When we have Rick from <laughs> un- When we have Rick from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack on, and we finish this monstrosity up. Next episode after that, they'll have Rob, whoever he is. <laughs> we actually will. Will well, we? Well, we're thinking about it to do the Rick and Morty. Versus Dungeons and Dragons.
2: That's Bob, and that's, that's from Gal into a Comic Shop.
1: I'm going to bed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bob,
0: Rob. It's not the same name. It's basically Bob, short for Robert, right? Not Bobbert. It is. Yeah. Yes. yes, Bobbert. I, I want to meet someone named Bobbert.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I do too now.
1: <laughs> Bobbert. But this last page does illustrate another problem with the book. It's that in this, yeah, he looks scary. But he hasn't done anything scary throughout this entire... Book.
2: Right, except molest rogue. No, right, oh, no, no I, mean, that, I didn't mean that exa- flippantly. Exa- exactly. I mean literally he has not done anything except is- screw around with rogue.
1: Right. And Mephisto is either used sometimes, you know, as the tempter mm-hmm. or he's got some really, really evil plan going on. In this one, he's got a plan, it's presumably evil, but it doesn't come across <laughs> as very nefarious. It's
2: like one of our evil plans against it Calbox into a comic shop, not terribly nefarious. And it
1: works just about as well. Right, exactly. It's- Funny how well, that he has a plan.
2: Step
0: one, go after the, the Fantastic Four for revenge. Step two,
3: eh.
0: Step <laughs> oh, three, get, get Thor's soul. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically the plot of the series.
3: Oh,
2: man. That's so true. That's really awful. Uh, <laughs> once twice.
3: again,
0: something that was done in here that was done better somewhere else.
1: Thank you, South Park. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man could be worse it could be marvels could be raining or marville
0: oh god no don't talk about that one.
1: Oh god <laughs> no,
2: i'll ask about that after we stop recording because <laughs> now i'm I, curious i'll
1: just shudder <sighs> oh.
0: you'd rather read that superboy prime stuff over and over again
1: i would yeah yeah <laughs> In late 1984, Marvel's direct
0: sales manager said in a crowded meeting of comic retailers. Let's be honest, Secret Wars was crap, right? But did it sell? The room exploded with applause. Well, get ready for Secret Wars Series 2. Beginning in 2018, Pulp to Pixels, Marvel, superhero Secret Wars, and Beyond will do the unthinkable Secret Wars 2. We'll take a detailed look at the event, the tie ins, the new characters, and we will attempt to answer one of the largest questions in the history of the Marvel Universe. What the heck was Jim Shooter thinking? No, no, seriously, what was Jim Shooter thinking? Well, you can find out at the Pulp to Pixel podcast network, where you can subscribe to all of our amazing shows, or just to Secret Wars and Beyond itself, as it is now in its own omnipotent feed. Secret Wars 2 and Beyond, a Pulp to Pixel podcast production.
1: You'll believe an omnipotent being can use the restroom.
0: This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is radio on demand. A free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. So now we're up to the Friends and Enemy segment of the show. And in case you're new, since we are doing a crossover episode, in the Friends and Enemy segment, I take all of the series that we've covered on the show before, and I see where they were at the cover date of this issue, which is June 1987. So we start with The Avengers, number 280, Faithful Servant, by Bob Harris, Bob Hall, and Kyle Baker. Jarvis lies in a hospital bed while he recovers from his severe injuries sustained at the hands of the Masters of Evil. Once his body heals, the Avengers' longtime butler has a big decision to make. Permanently retire or return to the Avengers. Before Jarvis makes up his mind, he takes a walk down memory lane from the earliest days of the Avengers to the present time. Because yeah, Poor Jarvis. Jarvis. Got, he got beat the hell up by Mr. Hyde.
2: Oh. It's
0: one of
1: my favorite
2: Let's see, Avengers I arcs. In
1: here?
2: I got Thor, Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Cap. Is that Scarlet Witch with the orange thing on her head? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then Vision and Iron Man. Who's the brunette in the middle on the right-hand side? That's Wasp. Oh, is that Wasp? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, there's like, no distinguishing features there whatsoever for me to base that on. Like, I, I would have known otherwise.
0: This is, I guess, because it's supposed to be a flashback-type issue, so... Oh, I'm assuming that's going to be Hank Pym as Ant-Man,
1: not Scott Lang. Yeah, right. They were both there when when the rest of them came to see him. They were both in the in the hospital. I'm also
0: thinking because if it's going to be a lot of flashbacks, he's going to flashback a lot more to Hank Pym than Scott Lang. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yes. He would have barely known Scott Lang. But yeah, no, I I still I have to read this. I haven't read most of Stern's run, but what I have read was really good. So you said you read it, John?
1: Yes, I have. It's during the uh, Masters of Evil saga where Baron Zemo assembles a group of the Masters of Evil, and they mercilessly beat up Jarvis. Manage to take down Thor, or I'm sorry, Hercules, and put him in the hospital. They take over the mansion, everything. They're at their lowest, and then the then Thor arrives, and they all team up and huh. beat yeah. them down. Great story.
3: Well, all right then.
1: That's great writing, great illustrations. That's.
0: I believe John Buscema was writing the drawing the issues of death fights, too.
1: John Buscema was drawing the issue of this.
0: Not this one, but the ones where that happened.
1: Yeah, the ones where that happened. I don't know about this. Yeah, this was uh, Bob Hall. Oh, okay. Daredevil,
2: 1964, number 243. Don't Touch Me by Anne Nacenti, Louise Williams, Danny Bullinati. Bilan- and Al Williamson, yes, same one who worked on a lot of EC books in the 1950s. Daredevil tries to gather evidence against a drug dealer who uses voodoo as a gimmick when a true voodoo creature intervenes. Ew. I've never read this, but
0: that—that's interesting. They don't really do voodoo with Daredevil. Usually, they were trying to stick with, uh, you know, street-level realism.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I guess the first thing that I thought of actually, probably just because I've recently watched uh, season two of Luke Cage, was Bushmaster. Because he's kind of got a voodoo vibe going for him. Okay, that's true. But I don't think that was him. Well, no, 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 no. I I would be very surprised if it was. But the voodoo creature, in that kind of ghostly phantasmal form, uh, that's kind of cool. I'm intrigued now.
1: I've never read this one.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. But I guess it makes sense because isn't Anne Nascente the one who did the whole Daredevil and fighting Mephisto? Yes. So I guess it makes sense that this is probably her leading into, you know, starting to dip her toe into, well, what if I did Daredevil, not just doing Frank Miller, but something different?
2: And the coming, is it, does it say in the bottom right there, the coming of the nameless one?
1: Yes. Oh, that must be the voodoo creature. No, that'd be Gilgamesh. No, he's the forgotten one. He's the forgotten one.
0: That's right.
1: Get. But is he really nameless? Isn't
0: his name the nameless one? So is he nameless?
2: Should have just called him Yojimbo.
0: He's a
1: rabbit? He is a rabbit. Well, haven't you? Oh, the Yojimbo. There's a comic reader.
2: No, I'm thinking Kira Kurosawa.
1: Yeah, I know. He's a
2: rabbit?
0: I was Usagi Yojimbo. Samurai Rabbit.
1: Okay. It's awesome.
2: I believe it. I have no idea what that is.
1: We gotta get sure to finish Bone first.
2: I have lots of things. So many. <laughs> 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 I do. I have lots of things to read, including stuff for school, eventually. Eventually. Yeah, it's yeah. down the list. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic
0: Four, number 301, Alternatives Ooh. by Roy Thomas, John Buscema, here is his name again, and Romeo Tangal. Guest starring Thundra, Thundra travels to Earth to ask Ben Grimm for help in defeating the warlords of Macus on her homeworld. After quick victory, Thundra offers a reward to the thing. Travel back in time and have the opportunity to marry Alicia first. What will Ben do with his second chance?
2: That's right. Because didn't they have Johnny marry Alicia? Yeah.
1: After this, oh wait. That's before, kind of a jerk move. Three hundred. Oh, that's right. Oh man. Yes. But it all goes away. <laughs> She's a scroll baby.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. They scrollified her. Yeah. Well, that's kind of an odd-looking... C- so who's that guy?
1: No idea. Uh,
2: oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Somebody from Thundra's world. With Thundra was... A, I love yeah. Thundra. I like Thundra in the Fantastic Four. She They were pretty tone-deaf with her a couple of times, but yeah. she was a... A, a feminist hero, which means in the 1980s they turned her into a man-hating um, oh, brawler. That's but right. she was a cool man-hating brawler, and yeah. she and the thing would get into fights, and it was it was pretty fun. Because
2: that's what feminism means.
3: Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: No, but I, I I remember this issue. I'm a I'm a big fan of this period of time. This is post burn, but before inglehart uh, Englehart, yeah. And and if you think this is problematic against women, wait till Englehart gets a hold of it.
0: Oh, yeah, the Sharon Ventura stuff.
1: Mm. Yeah, that gets weird. He's admitted that he Mm. um, didn't quite have the handle on women as he thought he did.
2: Didn't have a handle on women, huh?
1: (laughs) Don't damn him for my misquote. (laughs) <laughs> no, it was just a funny way to put it.
2: Okay. <laughs> I was, I'm just giving it. I know. It's good job. art on the thing, though. It is my... Yeah, it's kind of my, my whole shtick.
1: Oh, okay. But I was, it's
2: good art on the thing, though. It yeah. is. Things in a burn lock? Yeah. Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: say that again. I'm trying <laughs> to move the microphone around the cat.
1: Things in a burn lock for once, rather than the, if it was burn, it would be Thundra.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I liked the potential of Thundra and, and Ben Grimm as a romantic item, which they kind of abandoned and then tried again with uh, Sharon Ventura, the second Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Except she was much more clingy. Yeah. The less said about that one, the better I think. Yeah.
0: Thundra well. was better because she was more like, you're almost as strong as me. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of like a Red Sonya thing, except not that. You know, whoever can beat me. Because she's like, look, you're not going to beat me, but whoever's going to come closest.
1: <clears throat> okay. So, up next, there is The Incredible Hulk number 332 Dance with the Devil by Peter David, Todd McFarlane, and Fred Fredericks. I love this issue. It's the team up you'd never thought you'd see The Incredible Hulk and the nefarious leader together, and Rick Jones is their target.
2: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Rick Jones was the guy who was out in the middle of all that. The guy that uh, Banner was trying to save. Yes. During the explosion. The idiot that ran out in the middle of a nuclear bomb testing site.
1: Yes. He okay. also became uh, Bucky Ooh. for. Yeah. He was, he was Bucky? Hope- for a while. For a like while. Three and he and Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, were joined together in one body, and he would have to whack his wrists together <laughs> and they would go back and forth like you do but
2: <laughs> sounds like rick jones has had a really interesting life yeah. he also
0: was uh sidekick to rom for a while oh i forgot about that and yeah, he, he was and he's in like the sidekick for, like the avengers like the first 15 issues or so with the teen
1: brigade
0: and he's also on the cover here
1: he is not so you'd see but well, this so this is peter david's first issue uh it I, might be i think 332 is his first issue it, it, this is his first issue because uh the gray hulk appears in it uh right before this was burn burn ended it with banner becoming the gray hulk uh, being reunited with the hulk they had been separated banner and the hulk's personas mm-hmm. they'd been reunited he briefly came out of the weird tank that they used to reunite them as the Gray Hulk, but then turned back into Banner and had stayed Banner since then. But hmm. they'd been hinting... But Rick Jones had also fallen into the tank. So they had been hinting that Banner was still the Hulk. That they poor would do, accident-prone uh, oh, guy. Yeah. They, so they'd been showing all of this destruction happening, and it would all come back to... Banner, and everybody was assuming that Banner was coming back, and they had him under guard, and then it turned out that it was Rick Jones was now a new Hulk, took Banner and said, Banner is mine, and jumped away in the issue right before this, and uh, Rick Jones's Hulk takes Banner, is about to exposit and beat him up, but then the sun goes down, and the Grey Hulk manifests itself.
3: Oh. And
1: they fight.
2: Interesting. And, okay. And
1: the eaters. I know the
2: Hulk's been through a lot of different iterations over his existence. Yeah. He's been. He's had a lot of changes done to that character, and
1: arguably it's, more than any other character currently.
2: Probably, around. he's been Re- through. a lot of different Sorry, things. go on. Oh, I was just saying, he's been through a lot of different things that have really drastically changed the character. And the recent story that I read was by the one with the guy in the cave with the nuclear radiation. The really recent Hulk, like the newest Hulk.
1: Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. the the current Hulk. Right. The, OK, the I haven't immortal. read that yet.
2: The Immortal Hulk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God,
1: it's great. That's well, really it's all, good. And, it's Al Ewing, so I do want to read it. Yeah, uh, it's, it is the best it's been in years.
2: Yeah, I'm well, not a big Hulk person, and I, I really like it.
1: A, it's a throwback to everything. And not in a, everything. we're making sure we show everything but the f- kitchen sink. It's a throwback to pretty much every aspect of the character that's existed. It's been, like, boiled down to this being that is the Hulk. Yeah.
2: So on this cover, then, Rick Jones is the Green Hulk? Yes, he is. Is that why Look, he has long hair? Yes.
0: Yes, uh-huh. it's the luxurious hair. Yes.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, very luxurious locks of green hair. Obviously, uses herbal essence.
0: No, Garnier.
2: Garnier. Garnier fruit teas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the beginning of my favorite run of the Hulk, the Peter David run. I love this run.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So much awesome stuff in here. Lily, really is. All right. So our next one here is Iron Man number 219 Ghost Story by Bob Layton and David Michelin. Michelini. Ghost Story, part one of three. First appearance of the ghost. Iron Man has a new enemy, the super espionage saboteur known simply as the ghost. Or as other people who haven't read this issue would know, the quote unquote villain or, you know, just antagonist in Ant-Man and the Wasp movie.
2: Yay! I loved Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought that movie was great.
0: Different ghost. Still. Well, yeah, they just. But still, that's where they got it from.
2: Yeah. And it is a cool looking cover. That is a really cool looking cover.
1: I've never read this one. I need to find it. The Ghost and the Machine, huh? That's my favorite armor of Tony's. Oh, the silver one? Silver Centurion, as they call it. Yeah. I like the nose.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, this (laughs) is the armor that he's got that kind of looks like a Cyberman, almost. Yeah, you're
3: right.
2: Yeah. I think he looks a bit like an old... If he had handlebar things coming out of his ears, he'd look very much like a Cyberman. God knows a thousand influence, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Could have been. When was when was this fireman?
0: Uh, well, this stormer started around 200. So like 86, 85, okay. 86. it started.
1: I like the ghost as a character. I loved ghost and Ant-Man. I don't know if how ghost is here. I'll have to go read it.
2: Was yeah, Ghost I always think... female? No, no, no. Didn't think so. Not until <laughs> what the movie. a silly question. <laughs>
0: yeah, not until the movie. <laughs>
2: All right, so Maggie, you're up now. Strange Tales from 1987, number three, Night Flight, featuring Cloak and Dagger by Bill Mantlo, Brett Blevins, and Al Williamson. Cloak's disturbed dreams attracts the dream demon known as Nightmare. Can Cloak and Dagger defeat this powerful force for evil before the jet airliner they're on crashes to the earth?
0: And actually, Strange Tales was a split book, so there also was a Doctor Strange story. Uh, Goodbye to All That, featuring Doctor Strange by Peter B. Gillis, Peter Warner, and Randy Emberlin. An enemy from the good doctor's past strikes the Sorcerer Supreme within the walls of his very own Sanctum Sanctorum.
1: Love me some Doctor Strange. Ooh. I had this issue, and I read this issue, and I couldn't tell you a thing about it.
2: Hmm. The cover's pretty neat. That monster thing with all those spines and teeth is pretty cool. Yeah, Brett Blevins. It's weird. I don't care for him on New Mutants, but I don't mind him
0: on Cloak and Dagger, or, or I love, love him on Sleepwalker.
1: I love Sleepwalker, That's but Bob I
0: didn't Bidiansky care for his new... in it. Yeah, Bobby Diansky was writing it, and Brett
1: Blevins did the art.
3: Cool,
0: but I didn't care for him. In Dur- I didn't care for his New Mutants.
1: I was done with it by that point. I don't think I've actually ever read any of his New Mutants. No, I went straight through to the end, and
0: it's Works
1: x-force
0: i am amused in the cover though you know cloak and dagger fly go fly, go, fly, go take a plane flight
1: <laughs> that was dumb of them wait like, can he teleport
2: yeah i was gonna say isn't his whole thing being able to teleport
0: mm, sure uh look
2: at that over there look at the cat <laughs> how was, did we get on this plane yeah I was like, <laughs> what are they doing on a plane okay all right well and dr strange fights cats and Doctor Strange fights cats? Oh, they, yeah.
1: Oh, wait, Nightmare was in this one. I remember a little bit about it. Because <laughs> so I always like Nightmare. Yeah, and I think this is the
0: time they were, for some reason he was going up to Cloak and Dagger instead of Doctor Strange.
1: He kind of branched around at this point. He was, he fought against Spider-Man at one point. Well, actually dragged Spider-Man into the Nightmare realm because the Hulk was destroying it. <laughs> Can you please take this away? (laughs) He he, he was reaching out to desperately find anyone that had fought him before that happened to be dreaming at that point. Uh. And and grabbed Peter out of his own nightmare. And he had to fight the Hulk, which was the mindless Hulk that Dr. Strange had sent to Nightmare's Realm.
0: Oh, that banished the uh, to the Crossroads Dimensions. Cool. And finally, we have. Oh, wait, I did Dr. Strange, so. Well, be oh, I'm going to be me. Yep, this is the last Wait, one. This
1: is, this is exciting. I'm I want to do this every heart week. But, oh, hells yeah. Well, this is Thor 380 Mjolnir's Song by Walt Simonson and Sal Buscema. Thor and... Jo- oh my god.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the best epi- issue of Thor of all time. But, uh, Thor and the Midgard Serpent <laughs> so I can't even say that Thor and the Midgard Serpent battle as never before mighty and deathly blows they strike against each other they clash one final time striking each with each of their unfettered might creating like unto a new star the Midgard Serpent lies dead and Thor his armor lies empty would you know more <laughs> The story presented in a series of full and double page illustrations continued in Mephisto versus the Avengers number four, sort of.
2: <laughs> I was going to say like, that sounds awfully familiar, actually. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. And yeah, the art of that. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Walter Simonson. So, I mean, look at that cover.
1: It is. Have you read it? Um, the newer um, scans of it with the upgraded, updated colors? No. No. It really makes it pop. I mean, nothing can be bad can be said about the original at all, but just with the digital coloring, some of the, they just pop right off the page. They are works of art. I mean, it's best to read that issue as part of the story, build the entire um, Cursed by Hell a bit, but if you want to just pick that one up and read it, you will be entertained by it.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, it's Simonson, so of course. Yes.
1: All of Simonson's work is the yeah. best issue ever.
0: Pretty much yeah. I can't argue that. Yeah, if you should check out his uh, Ragnarok series he's done recently.
1: Oh, I have not. I should
0: do that. Yeah, it's Thank a creator owned book he's doing. Basically it's a uh, it's basically Thor after Ragnarok, so he's dead already. He's like a zombie, almost like zombie Thor, but not being a zombie.
1: Cool. Who publishes that? I Think it was IDW. Okay. I'm a fan of IDW. But I'm not 100% certain. I don't remember. Off the top of my head.
0: Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack,
1: where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer,
0: analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent
1: adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played.
0: Costumes on. All right, so that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for being shanghaied and dragged over here. You huh. are. Well. Yeah, you're
2: welcome. welcome,
0: I guess. <laughs> no, thanks huh. for having us. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it's been a blast.
0: Yes. And the best part is my part in this is over. You still have one more issue to do.
2: That's true. We do. There's one more. One more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As soon as we get So you back join home. us for that. We'll promise to razzle up all the enthusiasm we can. Enthusiasm. Yay. But Rick from. Unpacking the Power unpack- of the Power Pack. We'll be there.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
2: it's a joint effort. It really is I getting through the day as the two of blank. us. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy being us. No. Or green, for that matter. I've heard that.
0: Yeah. Speaking that was... of being you, how are you going to get back home anyway?
1: I think we'll just hop back in the bag. Yeah, we'll just hop back in this bag. Uh, if you could mail us back to Wisconsin, if you could mail us first class, that would be really cool. You, you only, I can only listen to Maggie sing this song so many times. I so mean, not can, media
0: just, mail. Just, Got it. Yeah. You go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast is a fan made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. I'd like to thank John and Maggie from Married with comics for joining me on this one. And I would like to thank all the other shows that are involved in this crossover unpacking the power of power pack, secret wars Two and beyond and Maggie and John with Married with comics for doing this crossover with me. This has been a lot of fun, but a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Special thanks to Tim price for doing the voice of Mephisto for us. And also thanks to the guys from secret wars Two and beyond for having me on their show. Now, as I said earlier in the intro, Go to Mirror of Comics. The link will be in the show notes for part four of this little crossover mini series. And for now, happy Halloween.
2: <gasps> oh, I don't want to know what that was.
1: Here, mm. take that. Right. Cat. cat's destroying something. Maggie's got to go kill him. Okay, that's what you do. Knock
2: down a bowl.
1: Oh, is it broken? No. Okay. It's That's how he. Otherwise, we wouldn't know he was hungry. Yeah. I said, feed me, damn it.
3: I know.